Check This Podcast, episode 27, and I did not get around to doing a follow-up yesterday because I had a headache. <laughs> That's really what it boils down to. I got off work, I got home, I had a pretty bad migraine, and I just didn't feel like doing it. I uh, worked on some lines of livery clips, and other than that, I just kind of laid on the couch and watched TV and tried to feel a little bit better. So, here I am today, feeling much better. And we are going to talk about the follow-up to the Capitol riots and all that fun stuff that happened on Wednesday. I'm still working on getting the lighting right in this room for those who actually watch the video of this. Um, not real happy about it, but I've got some ideas. Also, looking at the video itself, I realize now that I've got a better setup and I am a little bit uh, better lit, I really need to get a better camera. So, wish list. <clears throat> but nonetheless, so the riot happened, and if you were following and paying attention to any of that, uh, towards the end of the day, things started. They got all of the they got all of the people who had gotten into the Capitol building out. They left mostly without any uh, fight or fuss. There was they. There were several live streams of the event going on throughout the course of the day. And one of the live streams in particular, uh, you could see the guys and hear them talking. And uh, they were talking about, do we have everybody? Are we all together? And and they were getting everybody out and doing so peacefully. Like they got in. I don't think they had an intent of getting in originally, but then it, it happened. And once they got in, they went a little bit crazy and then... When it was time to get out, they got out. Um, <clears throat> so, so all of that, you know, it played itself out. Well, after after all of that, there were still huge, huge crowds that were <clears throat> having some trouble this morning. There were uh, still some huge crowds that were gathered outside the Capitol building, and and they continued to to chant and and just kind of have their their rally or whatever you want to call it, and then. The D.C. mayor uh, imposed the curfew, and the crowd, by 6 p.m., the crowds had already dispersed for the most part. There were still people running around talking about everything that had happened during the day. There were reporters from different, um, like, smaller, smaller scale news sources that were out there in the crowds, like, talking to people, interviewing people, and asking them about everything that had happened. And it was really entertaining. Like, it was... It was really interesting to watch, and, and I had a lot of fun. I enjoyed just kind of seeing all of that stuff happening, like, live in the moment. And and one of the live streams that I was watching was actually running uh, four picture-in-pictures with different places across the country because apparently there was some stuff that went down in Oregon and in Utah and <clears throat> trying to remember where else. But, like, it was, a, uh, it was an eventful day all around. But, the you know, the Capitol kind of stole the show because – it's not every day you get to see people break into the Capitol building. So we were watching, or I was watching all of that stuff go down. And then shortly after six o'clock, the National Guard came out and set up a line. And then the 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 protesters didn't really disperse. They just kind of hung around, which there weren't a huge number of them at that point anyway. But then progressively, the National Guard started... And all they just had riot shields, but they started pushing out into the crowd, 
and pushing the crowd and shoving them away. And like the a, a bully will take advantage of his advantage. And earlier in the day, the protesters had the advantage. They had the numbers. They set up and they overwhelmed the Capitol Police and they were able to do what they wanted. And as soon as those numbers dwindled, the National Guard comes rolling out and starts pushing people around. There are strength in numbers. Whenever people talk about the anarchist movements and how, uh, and for those of us who, what they call anarchy is not what I call anarchy. And I've talked about it before, and if anybody has any questions about it, ask them. I am more than willing to talk about what anarchy really is versus what the media portrays anarchy to be. But as soon as as soon as they lost their numbers, the the authoritarian uh, military comes in and starts pushing what's left around and throwing their weight around. So whenever people talk about you can't fight the you can't fight the military, you can't fight the police, you can't fight all of these things, you can't be successful in that. If you've got the numbers, you absolutely can. And if you have the persistence, you absolutely can. Like anytime people talk about you can't, you know, your your militia group can't fight the US military. Number one, you're talking about a fight on US soil. How long is the US military going to actually push that fight on US soil against US citizens? Like the average military personnel is not on board with that sort of thing. And then also just look at the war in Vietnam, look at the unending wars in the Middle East. Like those are not highly trained, heavily armed, you know, massive armies. Those are just a bunch of random folks that have some guns and are persistent and won't be won't be stopped, won't be ruled over, won't be dominated by our military. So it's not uh, the argument that you can't take on the military is dumb and not uh, the American Revolution is the prime example of a bunch of mostly untrained, average folks taking on a military power. Because don't get it wrong, the English Empire, the British Empire was a military powerhouse and they threw everything they had at it and they they were taken down by a bunch of entrepreneurs and farmers and like random folks it can happen but i'm getting away from the the true purpose of of today's uh episode i wanted to talk more about the the perceived differences in what happened at the Capitol, because I I think that's getting way too much play in the wrong direction. The, the Abram X Kennedy, uh, tweet where he said that, uh, let me pull it up right quick. Maybe I won't pull it up so quick. White privilege is on display like never before in the U.S. Capitol. If these people were black, well, we all know what would be happening right now to them. Yeah, we got to see it for 
what was it, 200 straight days of riots, like not not peaceful protests, of straight up fucking riots. I, the, the CNN anchor who's got literally things on fire behind him, calling it mostly peaceful protests. Like, we already got our example of what would happen. And uh, so what actually happened was the police completely stood down and watched as people burned down buildings, looted and ransacked private businesses, small businesses, massive corporations. Everything got looted and burned and they stood by and allowed it. You talk about the Capitol Police allowing a bunch of random dudes to get into the Capitol building and run through the offices and everything. They allowed a group of BLM and Antifa to take over a decent sized portion of Seattle, rename it as Chaz Chop, what the fuck ever, and occupy that space for two or three weeks while a militant warlord ran the thing and was killing people. We saw first fucking hand exactly what would happen if it was black people doing this. The exact same thing. Actually, much, much less. Because at the end of the night, the National Guard rolled out and they pushed people off the streets and they ran the protesters off. And when BLM and Antifa did it, they allowed them to do it for three solid fucking months. So don't give me this. We know what would happen. Yeah, we do know what would happen. What would happen is the polar opposite of what actually happened on Wednesday. And then on top of that, you've got all these reports. Like, like there's the report that came out about the, the woman that got killed. And there is actual video evidence. Like, I watched the video multiple times. They said that uh, this woman was fatally shot as she was trying to climb through a broken window leading into the speaker's lobby. She wasn't trying to climb through shit. She was standing there. She was just standing there. It's like somebody broke that window. Yes. And she was outside of that window. Yes. She was not trying to climb through anything. You could see it in the video that she wasn't doing anything. An irresponsible Capitol guard basically just started shooting folks. (laughs) Like that's that's police brutality. That's there was they didn't even know who they were shooting at. They just shot, and then killed, shot her right through the neck and killed her. Like, and now there's other reports that are coming out that uh, a Capitol police officer uh, later died from uh, wounds that he uh, sustained from the mob. There are. Video after video after video that don't show any of police officers getting directly attacked. <laughs> it is, it's like I said on Wednesday, it is the story of whatever narrative they want to push that's going to be out there. Like they're not, they're not reporting news. They're not reporting truth. They are not reporting anything factual. They are reporting whatever pushes the agenda that they need to push to make sure that you stay scared and you believe what they want you to believe. That's all there is to it. That's really it. Like It's not a... Calling them news is a joke. We should be calling them the propaganda machine because that is exactly what it is. And I've talked about that 
plenty of times before as well. Um, maybe not on the podcast, but maybe I should. But like that's all the the corporate press is, the mainstream media. It's just a giant propaganda machine. And something else that I've talked about regularly is like is the book 1984. Like if you haven't read it yet, you need to go get you a copy and read it now before it's made illegal because pretty soon they're going to put that on a do not read list because it's painting the picture of exactly what they're bringing, exactly what they're bringing. And sticking with that kind of topic, uh, if you want to look <laughs> even more at what happened on Wednesday, I, the crazy thing is the the D.C. mayor put put out this uh, 6 p.m. curfew and and everything. And the the National Guard came out and ran all the protesters off. And then, as always, because the rules only apply to us, they don't they don't apply to the rulers. Congress came back in and verified the electoral count and declared Joe Biden the winner. After they ran everybody off put everybody on curfew, sent everybody home. Then they came back when they had no threat of being impeded again and went right back at it. Hey, how have people not woken up to what a complete and total fucking joke our government is? I, it, it is insane. It is in fucking sane that we just... We had, not that we have a government that would do this, but we have so many people in this country who would vote for those people to continue doing it. And that's what pisses me off more than anything is whether you believe the electoral or the uh, the popular vote count or not. There are 85 million people supposedly that voted for voted for. The Democrats that voted for the party that wants to lock you in your home, that wants to force you to to get a vaccine, that wants to force you to wear a mask when you're in your own home, when you're driving in your car, when you're walking around outside with nobody else within a fucking mile of you. These are the people that want to dictate how much money you're allowed to make, because let's not let's not get this fucked up. Universal basic income does does not mean everybody gets the same and it's going to be a good number. It means everybody gets to be equally fucking poor. And there are dumbasses that are voting for this shit. There are dumbasses that want this, that think this is a good thing. I really do think, I really do hope that a civil war comes. I... I've seen plenty of people who say you don't want violence because you aren't prepared for what that brings. I'm a, I'm a pretty ardent student of history and specifically of war history. I, I loved looking at World War I, World War II, the, the reasoning behind both of those, what came out of both of those, what went into both of those uh the civil war as well is uh the civil war is a fascinating study if you know what you're looking for and you're able to get past the kind of the corporate bullshit of what uh of what the indoctrination centers and of uh 
education in this country kind of pushes the narrative for that. Like if you're able to actually look into the real history of it, it's a, it's a fascinating study. And there was a free man beyond the wall episode uh, about a month and a half ago where they really looked at a lot of that stuff in depth and it was excellent. Like it was excellent. And you should 100% go back and find that. Uh, If you got, if you're not sure which one it was, just shoot me a message or something. Ask me like, I've got it. Uh, I've actually got it saved in my phone, but I'm not going to take a, I'm not going to take the time to hunt for stuff again on my phone like I did before and, uh, and have a big gap. But if you want to find it, like go find it. It is an excellent, excellent listen. But then also like, you know, the wars that were fought before, you know, pre-Civil War, uh, the, uh, I like looking at those parts of history. And so I, I have a pretty, pretty good understanding of what those entail and what those are. And I sincerely believe that is what we need in this country at this point. I am not advocating for violence. What I'm saying is I don't think it is a bad thing. And I think at the point that we have reached, it is going to ultimately be the only thing that produces any sort of result that will fix the problem. And that's, that's unfortunate to say and to think because I am starting to get very involved with the Libertarian Party and with the Mises Caucus and considering a political run of my own in 2022. And I really sincerely hope that there is a peaceful political solution to the problem that we have as a country. But I also don't see that as being a realistic thing, not long term. And like I said, I, I, I hate to say that, but I also firmly believe that the other option would be secession. And if states start to secede, that that would be incredible. That would be an answer that could potentially uh, solve the problem without the need for violence. But at the same time, I don't think that a Democrat-controlled Congress and executive branch would allow that sort of thing to happen without deploying the military and force and effectively forcing a civil war to. And, and when it does happen, it's going to be a combination of civil war to an American revolution to like, it's going to be a little bit, a little bit of both. Uh, and it's, I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how quickly it's going to happen. I do think it's going to be within the next five years still. Uh, I've been saying that for a while too, but we'll see. We'll see what all happens. I don't, uh, I don't know. If you're looking at the, and I touched on this the other day, but if you're looking at like the Georgia runoff Senate elections and the way both of those flipped on their heads, there is, there is some hope that what will come of this will be in the midterms. Uh, there'll be a huge Republican push and it'll kind of right the ship that the Republicans will continue to pick up seats in the house. They picked up a bunch of seats in the house this time around. Uh, they narrowed that gap significantly, which 
that should tell you everything you need to know about this election and the shady bullshit that went on uh, with the presidential side of stuff. Because if that many House seats flipped, that's that is damning of the Democrats that they lost that many seats in the House. And it also shows the questionable nature of how the vote counts came out. Because like one of the things that's gotten talked about a lot is the down-ballot voting. That people don't just go in and vote for the president and that's it. And it's pretty insane to look at it and to think about it, uh, especially looking at that side of it from the House perspective. And then and then to come back and look at the, the two runoffs in Georgia and the way those ended up playing out and the way the numbers totally flipped on their heads from from November to now. And like shit, that, shit like that just doesn't happen. So there was... I can't say there was obviously voter fraud, but it makes it seem pretty obvious that something shady might have gone on. And if nothing else, it definitely throws everything into question. And there's no way anybody can actually trust it. And if you can't trust it now, what makes you think you can trust it in 2022? Because now that the Democrats have figured out that they can do this, and that they can fucking get away with it. Because no evidence was ever looked at. No evidence was ever looked at in any of this. All the courts threw all the cases out without reviewing evidence. I, that needs to be driven the fuck home as frequently as possible. No evidence was reviewed ever. They threw it out on technical bullshit and never actually looked at it. So the fact that the Democrats have figured out that they can get a, they can do it and they can get away with it, why would that stop them from coming back in 2022 and saying, all right, these are the places that we want to get rid of people. So these are the places that we're going to do whatever we need to do to fix the vote and get rid of those people. Like, if Mitch McConnell loses to a Democrat, that would, I, I've talked about this before too. There is no way Mitch McConnell in Kentucky will ever lose to a Democrat, ever. I don't give a shit who the Democrat is. There is no way Mitch McConnell will ever fucking lose to a Democrat. But if next time he's up for re-election, if he loses to a Democrat, you can go ahead and assume that it was all fucked, and they have figured out how to totally screw the system over. And, and there are several other candidates like that that they will not lose to the opposite party. They would have to be overtaken by somebody in a primary. And I really want to look at some of these races come 2022 because I really do think that now that they figured out they can do it, the Democrats are going to start doing it a little more widespread. They're going to take back a bunch of House seats that they lost. They're going to start picking up Senate seats that they haven't had in ever. And they're going to completely flip this thing on its head. And if the country survives to that point, I don't think it'll survive much past that. Like, there's only so much bullshit that you can get away with before people finally just say, fuck this and burn the whole thing to the ground. And we need to 
get the reasoning right. That's been my number one issue with all of the Capitol riots and everything that's going on this week. I don't disagree with what's going on. I disagree with the reason that they're doing it. Donald Trump is not the reason that you overrun the Capitol and burn the whole thing to the ground. The reason that you do it is because establishment Democrats and establishment Republicans are in cahoots pushing their cronyism to help giant corporations become more rich and powerful so that all of them can dominate, dictate, and control the average American in every aspect of our fucking lives from now, from birth to grave. That is why you rise up and overrun the Capitol building, not Donald fucking Trump. Freedom and liberty should be our number one goal for everyone. If you associate yourself as a Republican, as a Democrat, as a Libertarian, or any other random crazy party that might be out there, your number one goal should always be personal freedom and liberty and to be able to do what you want without having the government run and control and dictate every aspect of your life. And that is a cause worthy of overthrowing the whole thing, burning down government buildings, and raiding the Capitol. That's what we've got to figure out. That's the conversation that has to be had. We need to have discourse across all party lines that we are all in this together and it's us against them. And as soon as they figure out that we're not going to take it anymore, that's when they start getting scared. They're already scared. They're already seeing that there's a huge rising tide of this right now. It's happening anyway, just on a smaller scale. That's why they keep pushing all these narratives on through the corporate press to keep us scared, keep people locked in their homes. You've got to, you've got to get away from the propaganda machine and start thinking for yourselves. It's time to make a difference, to make a change. And the change starts with us, every one of us working together across all party, across all party lines to figure out that we, the people, give those fuckers in Washington their power and we can take that shit back whenever we want. Hope you have a good day. I will be back next week and hopefully nothing too crazy happens over the weekend and I can uh, talk about something a little less, a little less serious. I do have some, some stuff I'd like to talk about. Not so, uh, you know, burning down government buildings related in the meantime, hope you have a good weekend and I'll catch you next week. Thanks.